This is Earth Sky Woman Tammy Brunk, and I'm here with the Astrology Oracle for the month of October 2023. And the first thing I want to speak into is that I have been offering in-depth astrology reports since 2013 in print version, and now more in video. And I have not seen a month like this ever, not ever. Uh, now, this is really saying something. And also, I think that this month and this eclipse that's coming up, of course, that's the big feature of the month. Um, it's it's really, it's been eclipsed literally by all the other massive astrological events this year. So it just doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Uh, okay, so I want to break down this month, October. I like to begin often with what's happening with the sun, the moon, you know, the new moon, the full moon, because of course, the sun and the moon really impact us. They impact our bodies at a level that some of the outer planets don't. So let's start with what um, is really impacting us. So first of all, we still have the sun kicking up a lot of energy, a lot of electromagnetic storms. It's, it's very active. The sun, you know, I've spoken about this before, but some researchers, including um, Rupert Sheldrake, have done incredible research and made a beautiful case for the uh, the sun and other planets as being actually having consciousness. And this, of course, is not a new idea. Uh, indigenous people would have said that as well. Any of our animist um, ancestors would have had the same concept that each of these beings has some form of sentience. And, um, you know, that's why we talk about them like they're relatives. So, so the sun has been going through its own evolutionary process and that has been impacting us. That's impacting our bodies. Um, I have noticed, especially young people are really feeling it They're you know, school teacher friends that I have have been talking about this. And so we really, it's important for us to be really tending to the young people in our lives and understanding that their bodies are like all of our bodies. I do believe this is potentially an upgrade. I do believe that what's happening with the sun, what's happening with our earth clearly is going through massive changes. I believe it all offers us an opportunity to, um, for our own bodies to go through our own awakening process and our psyches and our, our, our whole multidimensional self. And, but the, but the kids, the young people, the kids, they, we, all of us need support through drinking lots of water. We need support through, um, you know, really grounding ourselves, staying stable, being connected and in healthy, intimate relationships, you know, all this, the things that a, a human being needs. And so our kids really need us, um, to support them in these wild and wacky energies and our inner children do too so <laughs> so first the sun the sun has continued to be very active and that's something that we're all feeling in our bodies um so now we also add that add to that that we have on october 14th of this year a major eclipse and this is a this is a, a solar eclipse um, and solar eclipses are always kind of like super new moons, meaning that it's like a new moon, except think of it this way. Usually with the new moon, the sun and the moon aren't precisely lined up. They're slightly, you know, they're slightly off in terms of centering between us, the, those, the sun, the moon and the earth. There's a slight bit of a difference between our alignment. When you have an eclipse, what happens is that we're, we're, it's like a lock and a key. Everything is perfectly lined up. So there's some, you know, there's, 
of course, the moon has an impact on us. The sun has an impact on us. And so when they're perfectly lined up, a lot is happening in our system. We feel it. And so especially in the regions where that eclipse is sweeping through and you can see it, historically, we've seen that there are, you know, big, massive events happen. You might have power outages. You know, I'm not saying that it's like all of that is happening in a massive way we see all the time, but there is, there's a lot that's happening on the subtle as well as even the physical levels. So keeping that in mind, this this eclipse is an annular eclipse. So meaning that it's like a ring of fire. What that means is that the the moon, based on its distance from the earth, from the sun, is slightly smaller than the sun. So what happens is that when it 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 moves into to cover the face of the sun in the in the daytime, that's why a solar eclipse is so such a, a massive thing in terms of how ancient our ancestors perceived of it and how our bodies feel it in the middle of the day, you've got the moon blocking out the light of the sun that is also, you know, reflecting a larger happening. That's, that's, it's a big event. Um, so an annular solar eclipse is where you have that ring of fire. It's, it's really extraordinary. It's beautiful. So it's sweeping through the Americas, you know, sweeping through Turtle Island once again, um, and when I created the program, Restoring Sacred Culture Across the Americas, that was a series, it was a convergence. I had a series of speakers for that. I'm going to send, I'm going to have a link to that in the, um, in, you know, that you'll find with this video. So you can access those talks. Those are really important to listen to right now. Um, my initial purpose for doing that series, and I also did a webinar August 7, 2017 as well one of the first webinars before anybody else was doing them where I interviewed indigenous um, thinkers and others about the big eclipse going through the Americas. Then um, when I did my restoring sacred culture across the Americas convergence last summer, it was in part in response to the Pluto return that's been affecting the U S and also it was part of um, it was intended to support us because I know that Right now, my sense is that the Americas are in the crosshairs of the most radical and massive and much needed change across the, the globe. And we are where it's happening. We are where it's required to happen, this massive shifting and changing. And so part of the reason I'd say that is because the U.S., is, you know, a, a nation has a birth chart, just like a person. And just like a person has certain um, planetary transits, there are certain moments where the planets will impact us personally in a way that is very significant. Nations have that same thing. And so the U.S. has been going through a Pluto return since 2021. And it just so happens this, that this week, as Pluto is preparing to station direct, that once again, we are in this window this week with the eclipse, where Pluto is at its closest point to Pluto in the birth chart for the United States. So Pluto is going through a, a Pluto return. And this week is, that is all that's once again being activated. Again, just to understand Pluto, <laughs> Pluto transits are big news. They have to do with a deeper catharsis. We, we've been in the Capricorn crucible is what I call it. Um, collectively but the u.s is in the front and center right now where we're having to really compost patriarchy in all its forms here in the u.s i think it's fair to say that 
what's needing to be composted is our, among many other things, it's pretty much all of our institutions, but one of the things we'll see as front and center is our relationship, our um, economic system and our need to compost the way that it's currently working so that it serves the people instead of extracting from the people and from the earth. This is huge. We see and feel this on so many levels. So in this buildup to the 2024 election, there's, you know, of course, that's all part of it as well. So um, we have the Pluto return. And then we also have this series of eclipses crisscrossing the Americas beginning in 2017 with the Great American Eclipse. And then we've got this eclipse. It's not a total solar eclipse, but it's an annular, which is very close. And in terms of the way that it, it looks and feels, it's very, very significant. So we've got the annular solar eclipse sweeping through the Americas. And then April 8th of 2024, of course, we have the last of that series. And so this is a window. I've been saying this for a long time from 2017 to 2024, where the Americas are in the heart of this needed change. And the, and the U.S. is at, at the very center point of that. So, um, okay, so we have that. And Pluto is stationing right now at its closest. This is like the closest we're going to get to the final hit of the Pluto return. And that's not the only cycle that Pluto's going through, uh, that the U.S. is going through. The U.S. is going through uh, just an unimaginable number of personal cycles right now that we can feel. You know, people here in the U.S., we can feel it. There is the need for massive, massive change absolutely huge that the level of violence that this country is that we have been enduring um it, which is a symptom of deep needed healing around our history our history of genocide our history of slavery um and so many other layers and i think part of the reason that our soul here in this country is so sad and and the way that we have become a corporate a corporatist country uh, late stage capitalism. You know, I'm actually not somebody who says that capitalism is bad. I don't say that. Um, I don't think that on its face it is. And I, I know many of my dearest friends would disagree with me, but I don't. I, I think we've never experienced true. Uh, we've we've never fully experienced a system that has a free market. I don't think we even know what that looks like. In any case, um, so speaking of these eclipses, one of the something that has moved me from since 2017 that I discovered at that time that I haven't heard many people talk about, but I think is very significant is that there are reputable scholars who have brought together research that is uh, very significant that, that brings together scholarly research with oral histories of the Haudenosaunee, otherwise known as the Iroquois Confederacy. And this is a group of six nations who had developed, um, to historians for many years would say that it was in the 1400s that they developed their great law of peace. Um, but what many actual indigenous scholars would say is that it's closer to 1190 or something like that. And then these scholars, and they correlated the oral histories, they did their own research in many, many ways. And they believed based on oral histories that the Haudenosaunee founded their great law of peace at, soon after a total solar eclipse that swept through their territories. And when they looked at the dates, it would have been 1142. And the date that they came up with was 
August 31st, 11.42, and that eclipse would have been August 22nd, 11.42. And, you know, this this was a very significant time for their eclipse because um, it would have been also that eclipse was happening as Venus was stationing retrograde, preparing for a new Libra cycle. Libra, as many of you will know, is the sign that has the deepest orientation around peacemaking. So I find that fascinating. So here now we have this massive eclipse sweeping through Turtle Island. And this is happening in the sign of Libra. So, okay, the eclipse is in the sign of Libra, which is this, the sign that has the greatest resonance with peacemaking, with um, bringing our world back into balance when it's been out of balance, reciprocity, um, creating harmony between people and between systems that have been disrupted or or locked in uh, violent or conflict-oriented um, dynamics. And so this is our annular solar eclipse. It's a, a super new moon. So it's a time where we can set intentions. We can plant the seeds for something different, something new. And most likely, again, that was something that the Haudenosaunee, if this was when they actually founded their great law of peace, which is a massively it's an incredible document um and their history is something i think every child in the u.s should learn about um learn about hiawatha the great peacemaker and jigon sansi because if you've heard those names hiawatha and the peacemaker the the third in this group of three individuals who were so important historically but who was left out of course was the woman jigon sasi she was hugely important as a figure in these stories of the Haudenosaunee because she was the one even before the great law of peace who was her home her temple her brothel we don't know exactly what it was but her space was a space where all the tribes could already come together to eat they could come together we don't know precisely the entire history but that she her space was already a space where peacemaking could happen, even in a very dark time. So she was one of the three figures who who caused that um, great coming together of these five great nations to be successful. So check it out. You can find Orin Lyons is a wonderful wisdom keeper and others um, that you can you can research this on your own. And it's a very important thing to understand because the founders of the U.S., um, as dark as our history is as a nation in so many ways, there are seeds of beauty. There are seeds of potential peace. There are seeds of what our potential has been as a nation that were seeded through indigenous wisdom traditions and governing systems. So this is why I bring it up. This is why back in 2017, I did a webinar that was about this as well, restoring the sacred blueprint of the U.S., because I feel like this is a time where we can shift timelines and we can actually change the way our nation is um, operating. I say our nation, I mean. I believe that what's possible here actually is something beautiful to be built and and created um, through the, the efforts of all of us. Uh, that's my sense. Okay. And I think that this eclipse is a moment for that. One other thing about this eclipse, two other things is that every eclipse is either with a north node or the south node of the moon. Uh, when it's a south node eclipse, this is a south node eclipse because Libra is now in the south node, um, or the south nodes in Libra. 
this, when it's a south node eclipse, it, it has more of a sense of a letting go or a surrender or a giveaway, um, making offerings, making gifts, making amends. It can be very much about that, especially when it's something like Libra. So this eclipse and also understand you're going to feel the energies before the eclipse happens. We feel the energies a week or more, sometimes 14 days before an eclipse, and the effects are felt for at least 90 days after. Now, of course, the time of the eclipse is the most powerful, but it's very well known that the events, that the the energies of the eclipse uh, will take effect often, not on the exact day of the eclipse, but somewhere near that time. Again, the Haudenosaunee, if they had worked with those energies, they waited a little bit until after the eclipse to work with the most potent energies of the eclipse. So, um, so this is a very powerful eclipse and it's a powerful time. I've been seeing it and feeling it as literally that I go into meditation and it's not even some like really conscious thing, but it's, um, I go into meditation and I will, or even in my dreaming, I feel like I am like working things out with people in my life who I haven't fully made my peace with, you know, it's kind of like, if you think you're going to die, you know, if you thought you were going to die in a month, who would you, who would you feel like you or rather in a week, who would you feel like you, you don't feel like you're at peace with. And sometimes you can literally reach out to that person and you can speak to them. And sometimes you can talk to their higher self. Sometimes you can ask in your dreaming to be given support so that your souls, your spirits can come together in the dreaming and mend things. Because what I've noticed in this time that we're in right now, which is very, multi, very multidimensional where the veils are so thin, it's that Yes, clearly there are things we need to do in 3D where we need to be very clear in our communication. Um, it's not to bypass that. At the same time, I think we're becoming more refined in the use of our sixth sense and of our subtle bodies and our capacity to work spirit to spirit. And part of that can be that if the, and you have to sense into this for yourself, but I think we've all had the experience where we have a relationship with another human being where we we already know we can sense that those doors are shut too hard there's been too much wounding there's too much history whatever it is if you were to try to literally reach out to that person um it would just be inflaming it would just be like you know rubbing a wound it's it's not useful for one reason or another in those kinds of situations if you still feel that you want to make amends you know, that you can journal about it. You can, part of it is to restore inside of yourself, the sense of how you might've wished things would have gone or just simply to say you're sorry. And, and so there's a couple ways to do that. Again, you can, you can close your eyes. You can go into meditation. You can imagine that that person, their higher self is sitting in front of you, that they're sitting in front of you and you see them in their highest, you see them as the, their whole selves, you know, in their beauty and in their humanness. And you, you just tell them what you feel. You know, you might just say, you know what, I, I know that this has been really hard. I know that, you know, I wasn't at my best with you. And I know that this, you know, in the human form, we are unable to resolve this. And I want to just tell you, I'm so sorry for what I did. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> this is the, the uh, native Hawaiian um, prayer as well. I, I actually am going to send a link to that, a really beautiful version. My friend, my my mentor and friend, Robert K. DeBeal, has put together, it's a 12-step Ahonoponopono prayer. He spent a great deal of time in Maui. He's worked with many indigenous elders in that place, and he has 
developed a system just also based on his own intuition, but drawing from it um, in a way that's very, very powerful and very accessible. And I've found that prayer to be very, very powerful to do some clearing work with longstanding relationships. And I just knew that there were tangles there I couldn't get at through talking to them, through journaling, through prayer, everyday prayer. In any case, so this is a good time for making amends, for clearing the decks, for untangling the places where we are holding grudges. It's a really beautiful time for forgiveness of ourselves and others. So that's the eclipse. Um, I just wanted to start with that because that feels like the number one most important thing. So um, just know that, that that's... <laughs> That's why. And that you get to work with these energies, you know, for a while after the eclipse. So if you don't get to it yet, just know there's still time. Um, the second piece is interestingly, you know, I am working with Venus very strongly. I have for the last 13 years and I'm guiding a small group of women through the process right now. And really we together are cultivating this body of work at a whole other level. And it's been incredibly mind blowing. Um, but Venus, just to understand where she's at in her journey, she is in a Leo Venus cycle and that cycle began August 19th when she um, was born as morning star goddess um, in Leo and it, it will complete, it's a 1.6 year cycle, excuse me. So it completes at the very end of March in 2025 when Venus rises in morning star for the first time in the sign of Pisces for about 150 years and begins a new Pisces cycle. So we are in this Leo Venus cycle for a while. We are currently in the morning star phase because that's always where she begins is in morning star phase. And the time to go out and see her is about an hour before sunrise. She is so beautiful. She's bright. She's shiny. She's like at her brightest and her highest pretty much this month. Um, and she, you'll see the moon at the top of the sky if you're so brave to go outside an hour before sunrise and she, this, the moon's gorgeous. The moon is very, is approaching her and the moon is, is like, it's really a, a kind of a thick crescent moon in the morning sky. Uh, it's going to be with Venus on the uh, morning of Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe. And so you can look for it in the morning sky then, but look for it before that too. So you can see the moon moving and you'll see Jupiter, Venus in the sky. It's stunning. It's a beautiful morning sky right now. If you've got clear skies, uh, but Venus is in her morning star phase. She's really bright and high. This is a really special part of her cycle. And she, every month she, so the Venus cycle can be seen as reflected in the ancient Sumerian stories of the goddess of heaven and earth, Inanna. And Inanna, there were tablets all across present day Iraq that were describing this story. These are the first written stories um, that describe the descent of Inanna into the underworld. And she goes through seven gates and then she comes back out. And, and at each of the gates, she she removes a vestment. She takes off her crown. She takes off her earrings, all the different vestments. And then she goes through a death birth portal and then she comes out and she reclaims those vestments. And it's an elegant, beautiful story. And it describes the Venus cycle. And those gates that she goes through are represented by the moon gates, where the moon meets Venus in the morning sky, and then in the evening sky when she's evening star. And so when she, so 
The first gate she goes through is where the goddess removes her crown. That's a crown chakra gate. Second gate is where she removes her earrings and some versions of the story. There's different versions, but that activates the brow chakra gate. So, um, so again, this week she's going to be with the crescent moon, I believe on Tuesday. And that's when we're activating, she's activating the brow chakra. So for the next month, the theme, and we have found this to be very literal. The theme for the next month is all about, you know, Morningstar is about letting go and releasing whatever stands in the way of that sign. It's Leo, Venus is moving through a Leo cycle. So the larger sense of the Morningstar Leo cycle is what do we need to let go of so that we can shine our light like a true Leo in its core essence. Um, Leo is about self-love. What do we need le to let go of? So we're living from a place of self-cherishing, the word that I've found a lot lately. And each of the chakra gates gives us more of a refined understanding of what the territory is for that month. And so at the brow chakra gate, these are some of my favorite themes. It's it's asking, what, where am I veiled in such a way, or where am I carrying filters so that I can't see clearly? The brow is the third eye, you know, so I can't see, um, I can't perceive clearly. I've got, you know, cultural filters that make me see things and, and through the eyes of ego or the eyes of my smaller self, my wounded child, you know, where are those filters and what will it take for me to remove them so I can see through the eyes of truth and truth. And, and I think when we take those filters out, we really, we are beings of love. That's my sense and that we see more through divine eyes. We see through the eyes of love. We see beauty. How do we see beauty? How do we let go of the filters that keep us seeing things from more of a survival or a separated orientation? So that's a big theme. Another theme is about intuition, just opening our sixth sense, our clairvoyance. And so it, it, it has to do with asking, um, you know, how can I cultivate a sense of inner knowing and really following what my inner sense is of things? Um, so that's also part of it. And the other piece is, it's about releasing what stands in the way of us being a vision carrier. And part of what one of the insights I had recently that shook me was that, okay, this is a riddle. Just understand what I'm saying is a riddle a little bit. Because we truly do live in a time where it's very important to cultivate beginner's mind. Because we're in this massive death birth portal, and I've been saying for a while, 2023 is the threshold. This year is the threshold that I'm sticking with that. I feel like it's absolutely true for various reasons. Um, but we are at this threshold, um, shifting from one age to another, and it has been a very challenging time. You know, creation processes, birthing processes are not they're, they're messy. <laughs> this is where we're at. So we, when many spiritual teachers, including myself, will often say things about how it's important for us to have beginner's mind, to understand that the old ways of doing things aren't working. So we have to try new things. We have to be like little children and just, you know, just understand, I don't know what the future is going to look like. I don't know, you know, just like be willing to not know, be willing to surrender to what the next step is. And the next step is, and just move in faith, move in trust. So this is true. This is accurate. You know, it's, it's bewildering and it's okay. Sometimes if you do a vision, if you have a vision, it's just like blank, no idea that tells you something you're not supposed to know yet. Right. It's okay. 
I've just been talking about that side of it. Now, what I opened to recently is the other side of it. The other side of it is that we are under some form of spell collectively right now that is a fear spell. It's a fear virus that causes us to also not be able to vision any form of future that isn't disastrous. And so many of my beloveds and me, myself, I, my background was in wildlife biology. My background was, has always, my deepest core has always been deep love for this earth. So if you look at the studies right now, the climate science, it is terrifying. If you look at the reality that we're in the sixth, um, you know, we are losing species. We're, we're in the sixth wave of extinction, extinction for so many species. We've already lost on this planet. And from the 3D perspective, this is absolutely real. And it is, if you really stop to feel it and see it, it is heartbreaking. And the grief of that is something everyone needs. I, I feel it's important for each of us to go through the grief stage around that. Now, I went through my grief stage around that in 2003. Uh, because I was a biologist and that was my focus was ecocide. What's happening to ecosystems? What's happening to birds? What's happening to animals? It broke my fucking heart. Excuse my language. And at that time, I don't want to go, you know, this is already long, but at that time I made some discoveries and I was shown through different visions that human beings needed to wake up to see that they are, we are not the scourge of the earth. This is not who we were made to be. This is not the only way we can be. If we now, and, and since that time now, many more people know, thanks to scholars like Lila June Johnson, the indigenous scholars, that even like here in Native America and across the globe, indigenous people and our ancestors were, were gardeners of the earth. They were gardeners of the earth. They helped to actually create ecosystems that that were that were life-giving to so many other life forms we helped create the fertile circumstances where species would arrive and thrive right we actually did that that's who we were that's who we can be we can actually be the ones who bless the earth can you imagine i'm getting chills saying that and you know with leo as morning star and she will be moving into the sign of virgo and aspecting she will be with Regulus, the, the the heart of the lion star. When she crosses that threshold this Sunday, tomorrow, um, that will be an activation of a star that's very important because just before 2012, that star moved from the sign of Leo, 29 Leo to zero Virgo. And my sense, that's one of the cross checks. You know, 2012 was also one of those big quantum leaps in our spiritual evolution as a species. And Regulus was a big part of that. My sense about that always was that that leap had to do with overcoming when Leo, the Leo experiment for humans was where we separated ourselves from the rest of creation. We said, no, I'm God. We separated ourselves from creation. We cultivated a, a, a culture of human supremacy. And this is where that's gotten us. So then Regulus, the heart of the lion, shifted into Virgo and Virgo is about Gaia. Virgo is about the sovereign feminine, the feminine principle that guides all of creation. And so there's a humbling with Virgo. 
There is a coming home to the earth. There is a, an acknowledgement and a recognition of the mending and the repair that's needed to happen. So my sense is that that's, you know, that's where we are. Venus is about to aspect that point. So, and beyond that, the eclipse, which I hadn't mentioned before, is actually happening in the body of the Virgin constellation. Now we have the sign of Virgo and we also have the Virgin constellation. Those are two different things. This is a much longer story, but suffice it to say that when you, even when you look at the sign of Virgo, or if you look at the constellation of the Virgin, these two regions, region of the sky and these two seasonal point, this seasonal point is connected to the priestess is connected to the sovereign feminine, is connected to Gaia. So it has to do with reminding us, again, that the feminine is at the root of creation. And when I say that, what I mean is that it's to honor life. And the masculine, you know, this is not to say good, bad, masculine, feminine. It's to say we've been out of balance. We need to come back into balance. So, so this is where we're at. And I just went on a big loop. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we're in this precipice, we're in this crucible. And so Venus at this time is support. So, so what's happening, you know, if we, if we recover an understanding of who we truly are as a species, if we remember, we are sacred humans who are here to be gardeners of the earth, maybe we will all, cause some part of what's happened is we've actually come to even loathe ourselves as a species. We don't, we have, we have lost the love for ourselves as a species because we're so ashamed because at a, at a core part of who we are, we're so ashamed of what we've done to our beloved mother. And it's time to forgive ourselves and it's time for us to tell a new story about who we are. So that's my sense about where we are. That's my sense of what's happening with Venus, with the sun, with the moon. And there's a lot more to say, and you can look at the list and there are lots of other astrologers who are talking about all those things. I sometimes just focus on a couple of areas because those feel the most important. And I will just say one other thing, which is that we have Mars, the masculine principle, which is in the beams of the sun. Now, Mars is in a larger Gemini cycle. And so Gemini is the magical masculine. Gemini is the masculine who is learning to pivot, to shift, to shape shift, to also wear the the furs and don the mask of the animal of the creature of the shapeshifter the one who can be beyond the human and so that masculine magical masculine who is helping us to remember our capacities beyond the human is in the beams of the sun so he's going through his own underworld initiation what he's doing is very mysterious we don't know we can't see him but he's going through his own death birth process is what we suspect and when he comes out the other side, he will be made new and he will be the new emergent Gemini masculine. And that doesn't mean he's in the sign of Gemini all the time. It means that he was in the sign of Gemini before the cycle began for a long, long time. And that that is his overtone or that is the larger medicine that he carries and that he is exploring and bringing alive into the world and bringing into new form. So Gemini will rise as morning star in January 20th. And then he and Venus will come together in the sign of Aquarius. Again, he's in a Gemini cycle. Venus is in a Leo cycle, but they will come together in the sign of Aquarius and Morningstar February 20th of next year. So right now where they're at is that Venus is high and bright and at her most powerful in the sign of Leo. 
So there's a sacred union happening even there where Venus, the goddess of love, the feminine principle, is in her most young or masculine phase and sign. So there's something something happening there where we, the feminine is learning to do a dance with the masculine in the sky. At the same time that the masculine Mars is in the underworld is is very dim we cannot see him he's in the beams of the sun and add to that Pluto is stationing as I mentioned so there's a lot of Pluto energy in the field right now so Mars is square Pluto and we all and then we have him move into Scorpio so Mars is in the void you know we can't see him in the morning or evening sky so he is in a death process he is squaring Pluto and then moving into Scorpio. So he is in the deepest of the feminine mysteries. Even as Venus is in the highest and the most masculine or yang mysteries. So there's something happening inside of all of us where there is a peacemaking happening between masculine and feminine. It's very powerful medicine at this time. All right. There's so much more, but I don't want to be on all night. And I wanted to share those most essential teachings So I hope you enjoy and I send you so much love and hopefully next time I'll get on here closer to the beginning of the month. But I think that you'll be glad that I did it anyway. And I'm just so pleased to be with you. And so if you enjoyed this, please subscribe if you haven't already and sending you so much love.